Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Fry Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for listening on. Today, I have an awesome, awesome guest for you today. His name is Dr. David Sabgir. Say hi to everyone, David. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know who he is, I am so, so humbled and honored to introduce you guys to him. He is the CEO of Walk with a Doc. Um, He's a cardiologist uh, from Ohio, and uh, I would definitely let you share, um, definitely let him share his story. But Walk with a Doc is an organization that spans 500 plus chapters all around the world, uh, 48 uh, U.S. states, and I believe 29 countries from the last review that you guys had. And uh, he's been featured in CNN Heroes, many, many different types of uh, publications, CNN, Time, U.S. News, and World Report, and probably would take the entire episode just to name them all. So thank you so much for coming on to the show um, and for sharing your story with us today. It's an honor, Colin, and thank you for doing such a great podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So I would like to start off by asking you, um, you know, I really like to know the the purpose and the story um, about why my guests do what they do. So I would like to know your individual story. What has inspired you? Um, you know, I know that you're a cardiologist and and then you went through your own practice and ultimately created uh, Walk with a Doc. But what was the what was the point A to point B and the inspiring uh, steps in between? Sure. Um- I wish it was a better answer than out of frustration, but that's how it started. I did my uh, residency and fellowship at Ohio State from 97 to 03. And during that time, we were given a lot of, you know, a lot, maybe up to an hour with patients and would talk about the stents or bypass, blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, et cetera. And it would still, Maybe I talk fast, but it would allow me a lot of time uh, to get at what I felt was the root of the problem. Sedentary lifestyle being a big contributor, not the only Mm -hmm. root. Mm -hmm. And I felt I was really good at it. I thought I was connecting with the patients. And um, I even told my attending, hey, wait till Mrs. Smith comes back in six months. I I changed her. She's going to start walking you know, 150 minutes every week, and we're going to see her blood pressure drop, her weight go down, et cetera. And um, it took me many years to get through my dense head that it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Patients were coming back, and um, despite what I thought were really great conversations, they were fruitless. 
I didn't want to do this for the next 30, 35 years of having these conversations that weren't going anywhere. So out of frustration at my, you know, ability to affect change in my patients, I wanted them to say no to my face. I wanted them to tell me, no, I won't go to the park with you on Saturday Mm. uh, with your family. And, you know, it was a patient in sometime in the late fall of 04. And it was really magical from that point forward. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, you started very early on in your career um, to to um, actually gain that sense of frustration. I could, you know, like all medical students and graduates, you know, we're we're just like supercharged to be able to do good, um, you know, for our patients through the avenues, um, you know, also known as our specialties, to be able to cater towards them and. Um, I would say probably for most of our specialties, whether it's nephrology, kidney disease, um, or even just, you know, surgery or critical care, you would find some, some way, shape or form for chronic lifestyle related diseases to affect your own specific patient demographics. And I'm, I'm similar to you where, you know, also frustrated to be able to see patients um, not get better. Um, whether it's, um, you know, a, a lack or a fault in our healthcare system or just not the proper infrastructure to be able to support these people. And um, a simple conversation, um, a simple verbiage of uh, eating less and moving more is just simply not enough. Totally agree. It wasn't working for me. Yeah. So when you started this um, organization, uh, what kind of obstacles or challenges um, did you face um, in the infancy um, when you first got started? Yeah, um, great question. And there were many more than I expected. Um, there were never enough. To, well, actually, I did. We stopped it at the end of the first year. And um, the biggest thing was finding doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, a, uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and there was a a local um, a restaurant company that's actually international and they shared interest with me right away. But, you know, basically after the first walk that they wanted to go regional and, and get really mm-hmm. big with this. And, and that ended up not happening. But what that led to was my practice hired an executive director. And when this field decided, when we ended up not doing it, um, she went and talked to 11 suburbs around the outer belt mm. to see if they wanted to do walk with a dock at their parks. And they were all over the moon excited about it. And all I had to do, um, was come up with, um, you know, four doctors a month for 11 parks. And I was on the phone calling docs and, oh my gosh, it, it mm-hmm. just wasn't working. They, you know, no one of course had heard about walk with a doc, um, at that point. And, you know, people had soccer games in the morning or, you know, they, I, I wasn't getting a response. So actually had to cancel at the end of our first year of 05 mm. after a lot of progress. So that was the biggest one right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, was it the doctors, um, besides obviously at that time, 04, 05, um, you guys were new. 
But what was the main reason why doctors didn't want to sign up? Was it because they didn't understand the concept or they felt that, um, you know, that there was no point in devoting energies or resources into something like this? It was probably, um, it was probably all that, Colin. And um, it, it became really uh, hard to keep getting all those rejections. I mean, I was getting one yes for every 7,500 calls. And I, I realized mm. that it just was not going to work. And I think it's for the reasons you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, when was the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, in their defense, I was super excited about it, but it hadn't played out for longer than, you know, five, six months. So I didn't know if I was just crazy and uh, off the norm. And maybe this was just something myself and maybe like Mm -hmm. 20 other docs in the country would like, or if it would have more of a mainstream appeal. I didn't know at that point. Mm hmm. So where was the turning point, um, you know, for the organization? What uh, what allowed you to say like, hey, you know, this is starting to become like something? Yeah, well, there were multiple levels of that. I did feel, you know, with each patient visit to be able to offer them this as, you know, outside of the box will be on Saturday morning. The responses were really good from the patients, also from corporations and community partners really liked it. So for a while, again, it was the docs. After, so we took 2006 off. Um, and then my wife, I give her all the credit, said, look, you really missed it this year. You feel it needs to be part of the way people practice medicine. Go back to that original part. Don't worry about the 11 parks and just do it organically, let it grow if it grows one at Mm -hmm. a time. And um, so that's what we did. Mm. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. And what was um, what was the patient's, um, you know, when you started back, um, let's just say from ground zero, we're going to call it ground zero. What did uh, what did your patients, uh, what were their response um, when you first started this and continued? Yeah, so um, it was really good. I mean, if it's you're going to have a certain coefficient of patients say this is the greatest thing. I've been waiting for something like this. Yes, I, I will be there on Saturday. And then you'll have the other end of the spectrum where they won't laugh at you because that's rude, but they'll, you know, you can kind of see um, behind their eyes that there's no intention. And what I've learned over the years is you'll never, never know. So the gruff 67 year old guy that doesn't (laughs) get out much, he may become one of your most loyal walkers. So Mm -hmm. that's been a fun thing. You never know, but people, whether they go to your walk with a doc or not um, that you're leading as a practitioner, Mm -hmm. they genuinely appreciate, acknowledge what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. I think they like, well, I know because we get the feedback from all over the country, 
they like to see that in their healthcare provider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're saying that, you know, it's one thing for a provider um, or a healthcare pr- a practitioner to be able to just kind of convey messages of prevention and wellness in the actual office type setting, or maybe in a higher level um, acute care, uh, or maybe in a hospital setting. But it's one way to counsel people, but it's another way to um, kind of be that role modeling type of uh, uh, situation for them. Yeah, exactly. Walk the talk. And we have a wonderful leader, uh, Dr. Andrew Freeman, and uh, who's been with us now for 10 years, over 10 years in Denver. And the way he says it is there's no better way to show you care about a patient than showing up outside the office to meet with them, talk with them, um, hang out. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as physicians, we've done some work with RWJ and we've seen, and, you know, of course I felt this, um, personally is we get as much out of it as the community members do. It goes Mm -hmm. a long way for me building my resilience and, you know, avoiding the burnout. And we've heard that from Mm -hmm. hundreds of our doctors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how does, uh, for, for someone that's never heard of, um, walk with a doc, can you briefly go into the infrastructure on, um, whether if it's a healthcare provider that can set this up as a chapter, or if it's a, you know, patient, fellow patient that wants to come in and maybe find a chapter. Yeah, I'd love to share that. The anatomy of a, of a walk is that, let me tell you about the one I do. Um, it's at High Banks Park in Northern Columbus, and we meet every Saturday for an hour. In the really cold weather, we're inside a mall, but mm. I would say over 90% of our walks are outside, and we really try to employ nature because the health benefits, as you know, mm-hmm. are incredible. So the healthcare provider will talk for five minutes, maybe 10 at the beginning of the session, there's, that really creates that social connection that we feel is probably equally important, if not more than the physical activity component. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Murthy, our prior Surgeon General, really uh, shined a wonderful light on social isolation and what we can do. So I think that component's really important. And then we really keep it simple. Um, we walk at our own pace, our own distance. We break off in twos, threes, fours, and um, that way no one's having to walk too fast or too slow. And it's it's that combination of physical activity, education, social connection, and nature that we really feel mm-hmm. can make a big difference. And I would say uh, about ninety-five-ish percent of our leaders are physicians and the mm-hmm. other five percent are um, APPs. We have a lot mm-hmm. of nurse practitioners and physician assistants doing mm-hmm. it. And um, thanks to our COO, Rachel Habash and Brian Romy, our program coordinator, it is super turnkey. Um, they've got it down to a science. We're getting about four or five calls a day from either doctors or community members. And if you want to start one in your community, we have all the templates, paperwork, ideas for you to flush out the 
providers in your area. Yeah, that's great. Um, and it is, uh, I definitely concur with that. If you go on their website, um, it is very super turnkey in terms of, you know, in terms of their membership levels and how to sign up and, you know, what are the packages in terms of individual, small groups or organizational, um, you know, type of, uh, you know, membership. So, um, you know, they make it very, very uh, easy um, and simple to be able to join and open up. Um, I know from my personal experience, um, I used to work as a locum tenants a physician, a traveling doc. And uh, one of my very first assignments, I was on a Indian health preservation and um, nothing to do with walk with the doc. But basically, um, it was a clinic right on the reservation and they had a dirt path, um, probably, you know, one loop, um, uh, one dirt path and five of those loops equal a mile. And just for myself and for my own personal health, I just decided to walk um, after lunch around 1230 ish. And then over time, I started to have health, uh, my health staff walk with me. And then after a while, we started having five or six of our staff members uh, walk um, with me as well. And I still continue that um, to this day. Um, Currently, I'm in Los Angeles. And so it does uh, make a huge, huge difference um, when you see not only when you see someone else do it, but when you see your own doctor, you know, doing it, um, you know, it, it just goes infinitely and exponentially way more uh, when you see your own fellow doctor doing it. And um, I'm sure you get this, David, as well, is that, you know, you learn a lot about them. And when you learn a lot about them behind, you know, behind the scenes, um, you're able to connect more. Oh, so much. Um, I need to get your shirt since you're doing Walk with a Doc. I love it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Dr. Rishi Manchanda talks about upstream medicine and, um, couldn't agree with him more on, on just going deeper than what we can get in our 15, 20 minute visits. It's, it's a whole new ball game. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What have you, uh, what have you been hearing from your global chapters? Um, do you notice any, uh, differences in terms of, I guess, uh, neighborhoods or people in cities, um, you know, do you, do you notice any differences or similarities uh, when you guys have expanded internationally? So we've seen a lot of growth that surprised me. I didn't know, you know, I'm in Ohio and we have pretty big sedentary rates. And when I go to conferences in bigger cities like LA or New York, I see so many people walking. So I didn't even know it would fly in those areas, let alone in Europe, where I know the average person walks like 15,000 steps a day. But in Portugal, it's growing like crazy. I think we're almost at um, 20, um, 20 chapters out there. And mm. this is, uh, I, I don't know, Colin, but I think it's maybe mimicking what's going on with the fast food industry with growth and sedentary lifestyles may be going with it as mm-hmm. all our lives are becoming more and more automated. Mm-hmm. The need um, appears to be um, more universal than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. The Philippines have some incredible chapters with over 500 people. Um, wow. uh, Dr. Joy Vallejo and Dr. Mona Lisa. Um, it really it takes um, often a passionate leader like yourself that mm. they can create incredible change that 
can span a large part of the country. And that's been a blast to watch. Mm. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. Um, I mean, for me, I'm a huge, huge uh, passion for traveling and, and I think walking and, um, and to kind of up, up it a little bit, you know, I also do uh, marathons and triathlons and I un- honestly feel like the best way to explore one's neighborhood or city or anything like that is really getting back out there um, in terms of walking and just using your two, two legs. Um, and I, I like to add to the point of what you're saying before about being in nature. I think that's one thing that um, we have um, kind of disregarded over time. You were saying about how our lives are becoming more and more automated. And um, there's been a lot of uh, studies and you know research, especially um, out of Japan. Um, they find that there's a lot of great health benefits um, when you are inserting yourself back into nature. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad, um, you know, with climate change and everything like that, there's a lot of, uh, um, of our environment that's being, you know, more destroyed, um, for various reasons. And, um, if we can get back into nature and get back to that, you know, basic connection with it, um, not just for walking for various activities as well. Um, you know, it, it, it has a multiplicative, you know, effect. So true. Isn't it weird how like the simplest things are the ones that make the biggest difference. Um, Suzanne, Dr. Suzanne Hockenmiller is one of our leaders out of Iowa. She's really into forest bathing and she's shown me data that's just awesome. And there's this great leader in Jackson Hole, uh, Christian Beckwith, who created a conference called Shift through the center of Jackson Hole. And they bring together uh, nature experts and as as well as medicine and the data they're presenting um, out of Earth Labs and at UW is is so powerful. 120 mm-hmm. minutes a week can can make a, a massive difference. So we're trying to do everything we can to get all our walks outside. Definitely, definitely. Hey guys, we're gonna be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, let's go back to uh, uh, basics for a little bit, and you know, especially addressing our patients. And um, I would, I would imagine, you know, in more urban um, and more city-like uh, environments, or you could speak to the opposite, um, where what are the mis- common misconceptions with uh, just walking? And to and the ability to start and how do you how do you address that? The biggest misconception um, is that it doesn't get the job done. And what what I tell patients is whether you walk two miles or run two miles, you're getting the same benefit. It just may take you a little longer. And you know if it takes you thirty, forty, fifty minutes to walk a couple miles, that's you know that's 30, 40, 50 minutes of moderate physical activity, which is, as we know, um, the miracle drug and the, you know, the magic bullet. So we encourage just to take baby steps, boiling it down to the simplest thing. Uh, there's so many reasons that 
that we don't do it. What I hear most from patients, I think, is the misperception that they're getting enough physical activity at work or at home mm-hmm. when you really flush it out. As you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not as much as there's a lot of room uh, to improve our health more. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, I, and I like the fact that with uh, technology, you know, some of the benefits we gain is um, you know, collecting health, health data. And as you've seen over time, we've been having, you know, obviously we've had our smartphones and now we got watches now. Um, you know, it does track. Um, and it, it, it's nice to know the in-between steps, right? So, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, for at least for me, I always tell them, hey, you know, if you have X amount of steps, you know, I want you to do 1,000 or 2,000 steps more, you know, and just kind of, you know, like you said, do baby steps, but, you know, have something to prescribe to, uh, you know, push the envelope uh, a little bit, um, a little bit more. Um, what is your opinion about uh, these health devices? Personally, I love mine. Um, I have a, a Garmin and I'm addicted to looking at the steps. I get nervous when, and I do encourage my patients to, to get them. And there's all kinds of entry points. I mean, you don't need um, a Garmin wristwatch to track your data. You can do it with a probably a, a four dollar pedometer you wear on your on your belt. I love it because it keeps us accountable. Mm-hmm. But I just get I get nervous with patients because every time you enter a new layer, um, it, it to me it becomes a barrier to the patient. So it's always an individual thing. I tell them that. It, it keeps us honest, it keeps us accountable, but we don't need it. Um, I maybe inappropriately worry that the patient's not going to go get started until they mm-hmm. get the pedometer on their belt or their wrist. Right, right. I think back in the day before GPS, um, you know, we had MapQuest, right? Um, I don't know if they're still around, but I remember, you know, just mapping out the distances, um, you know, when I had to do a training run. Um, for a race back in the day. And I would, you know, uh, figure out, you know, how long something is. And you can easily just do that. Um, I even went as far as driving my car using the the odometer to see how far a certain loop would be. Um, And uh, so you're, you're absolutely right. You don't need to, you know, have a certain smartphone or have a um, smart watch to be able to track it. And I wouldn't, you know, I'm sure you would agree, you wouldn't want to wait until, um, to, to have something like that. Uh, a pedometer is very, very cheap to uh, obtain. Um, and um, if you don't have that, then, you know, you can just map out, you know, how many loops um, you want uh, to walk in your, just in your own neighborhood and to just kind of push the envelope. If you want to do like, you know, five walks around, uh, five loops around the block, then the next time you just do six loops or seven loops, you know, something as simple as that. Absolutely. Um, so I love it. And uh, I definitely want to uh, conclude. And uh, I love asking my guests um, how they personally thrive. I think the centerpiece of the show is really understanding what pushes them forward and what gets them up in the morning. And obviously, you yourself, David, you've been a trailblazer, um, you know, you know, I would probably say your whole life being being that, you know, not just starting from the organization, because you know, you had to have gone through, you know, something and, and experienced something before you went into medicine to be able to have that passion and push them forward. So 
How do you personally thrive uh, yourself? It's nice of you. I'm not sure my parents will call me a trailblazer. I think they probably would have <laughs> for a long time. Um, I, yeah, so right now we're very blessed to have 540 chapters. And um, I honestly feel like if we don't hit 5,000, I will have dropped the ball. So mm. what, what drives me, um, I love, uh, I love my days. I know Lance Armstrong once said I have good days and great days. Um, and I, I have mostly great days. And I think it's, it's working with our team, Rachel and Brian and the thousands of volunteers around the country and this positive movement. Um, you know, I still write Lipitor and, you know, my patients still take metformin or insulin shots and things like that. But I finally feel like we're able to pay down on the principal. And um, I, I want to see 5,000 chapters in my lifetime. Mm. And that, mm. That's what's driving me um, along with, you know, a really supportive family and work environment. So um, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. And, you know, I, I wake up every morning and can't wait to hear what's, what we're going to, who we're going to get to talk to and just, it's very easy to thrive right now. Mm, that is a beautiful, beautiful message. Um, and uh, my second part of this question is for those in the audience that are listening in, uh, what are the uh, best three tips you can tell them, um, you know, to either start a chapter or just start walking in general? What are three tips that they can kind of implement right now? Well, if you are a provider, I would say, you know, a healthcare provider, I would say you have nothing to lose by calling us and or emailing us at contact at Walk With a Doc or our number is 614-714-0407. Check it out. You, you really have nothing to lose. Um, we have plenty of um, robust scholarship opportunities thanks to people and corporations believing in us. Um, so I would encourage you to check us out as far as starting. Um, if walking is not your thing, um, you know, my second recommendation would be just be patient and be persistent. Um, this has been an unbelievable roller coaster ride, and there are certainly downs to go with the ups, but they're mostly ups. So, whatever your bag is, I say just go for it and be persistent. And um, I've, I've been doing this for 15 years and that cliche for me, is finally true. It wasn't for the first 34 years of my life, but it's, you know, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And mm. I honestly feel that way. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, in regards to walking, number three, if you're not currently doing this, um, it's hard to get out of bed to prevent a heart attack that's going to happen in 2035. Um, I, I, I don't do it for that. So do it for all the wonderful things that, um, that moderate physical activity or vigorous physical activity brings you. Colin, you, you obviously have um, drinking the Kool-Aid with, <laughs> with marathons and triathlons. You know exactly, but there's, there's bound to be a few people in the audience that have not um, done it. Just start small, get yeah. it done. What it does for your self-esteem, 
Um, you know, everything is, is so much better. We've got on our website a hundred reasons to walk with mm-hmm. hyperlinks. And if it's not walking, if it's swimming or rock climbing or whatever it is, just, just go for it. I, I'm one of these evangelists that just feels it makes everything better. And, uh, that's part of why we do what we do every day. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm definitely going to, uh, include the email, the website, um, and the phone number, um, you know, in the show notes, uh, later on when the episode gets, uh, released, um, before we conclude, um, anything to look forward to, um, on the horizon with walk with the doc, anything uh, new coming up? Yeah. So we have this wonderful partnership with the Haas avocado board and we're going to be doing, um, our first real media splash in New York in a couple weeks. So we're, mm. we're excited to see, um, how that goes and how we can flush people out. And, um, the other thing we're doing is starting a very economical membership program where people can get these cool, heavy membership cards that when you drop them on a wooden table, they clink. Like my friends that have these like credit cards that I'm jealous of. So we're going to have walk with a doc membership cards and we're really excited to focus, um, on the walker and, and how we can just build the infrastructure of, of our chapters and provide hopefully even more than, than Rachel Bryan and, and the rest of us are doing on a regular basis. We're, we're really excited about 2020. (laughs) So am I, so am I. So, um, David, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really, really appreciate you taking out the time and for your dedication on expressing your passion through the power of walking. And um, I'm so glad that the whole world gets to enjoy as well. And I also uh, wish and uh, hope that you will get towards that 5,000 chapter. So, um, you know, definitely going to be supporting you along the way. Colin, you're the best. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I think what you're doing is wonderful. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, this has been another episode of Thrive Bites. Uh, Thank you so much for listening on. And please like and follow us. And please follow us uh, weekly here on Thrive Bites. Thanks again, David. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts. 